Hey guys, what's going on? This is not the Omega 3 Poppy. This is just regular old Colby Patnode uh, bringing you a podcast. Matt is living luxuriously on um, FedEx's dime in Portland, Oregon right now, uh, staying in that five star hotel, getting room service and all that stuff. So I had to go out and bring in a special guest. Um, you guys might know him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, welcome TJ to the podcast. What's up, man? Oh, man. Things are good over here. Um, you know, a couple of low stress last couple of days, nothing really big happening in the world. So, you know, just <laughs> relaxing and, and not, not a care in the world right now. Right on, man. That's, that's how I'm <laughs> living. So, you know, um, no doom scrolling or, uh, panic attacks or anything like that happening over here. So, uh, just, just yeah. a two, two, just two days straight of panic attacks basically with, with, <laughs> With a certain I'm, election going on, but it's all right. Oh, is that this week? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I must have missed it. Oops. Probably should have voted in that. Um, but uh, no, yeah, it's it's definitely a stressful week, and it's probably going to be another week at least of stress. So um, we'll see how all that works out. But it is nice to just kind of talk about something else and uh, have a distraction. Uh, recorded my Mariners podcast today. And we got done in about 50 minutes and then we rambled on for 30 more minutes about absolutely nothing just so we didn't have to go back to like, you know, check on the results and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time to just kind of get away for an hour or so and talk about something silly like uh, fantasy football. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, so I guess on today's show, we're going to talk. I think we have four trades to talk about. And then if I'm remembering correctly, there were 13 waiver claims last night. Uh, some significant, some not, but we'll, we'll touch on all of them at least. So, uh, we got a lot to get into. So, uh, let's just jump right in. Are you ready to do this? Let's do it before, before we start real quick, mm-hmm. I just need to apologize to everyone. I'm not Maddie G on the mic. Okay. I'm going to try my hardest. Um, you know, we all, we all have our strengths, you know, Matt might be ahead of me in the podcast rankings, but you know, I'm ahead of him in the fantasy standing so we all can't win them all you know you just got to play to your strengths so here i am <laughs> excellent excellent <laughs> all right so um big trade here to uh, to kick things off there's actually a few big trades this week and those are always fun to talk about so um thursday afternoon uh i think right before i actually published the podcast uh max and brian team up for what can only be described as a massive trade uh, Max acquires uh, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis, and Denzel Mims from Brian. Brian gets Jarvis Landry, Zeke Elliott, and Michael Thomas. So, um, TJ, what uh, what are your thoughts on this? I thought this was kind of a a really interesting trade from just you know a team building perspective and a value perspective. So, what did you think? It's definitely interesting. Um, you know, I just. Uh, I know Max was jumping for joy when this happened. Um, from Brian's perspective, like, look, I, I totally get it. <laughs> You're getting Zeke and Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry with no OBJ for the rest of the year. Right. I totally get it. They're huge names. They've been league winners in the past. I understand completely. But, but. I mean – there's a big butt here, like a like a Kim Kardashian butt here. Oh boy, Zeke. I mean, would it surprise you if you know 
week 11, week 12 comes by, you know, Zeke's maybe a little dinged up. The Cowboys are like two and 10 at this point. And Zeke just says, peace. I'll see you next year when Dak and my, my big hogs on the O-line are back. Um, would that shock anyone? I mean, I'd be kind of surprised because at two and 10, the Cowboys probably still have a shot to win that division. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's, he, I mean, I think people forget that he had COVID earlier this year. Um, not playing all that great right now. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like Zeke is a little bit more of a name than production right now. And, you know, that being said, he's still what the number four running back in fantasy or something like that. So is he really? Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, he's up there. I mean, sure. I mean, sure. But I mean, his last three games, four right. points, five points, seven points. Like, I mean, that that was big time Dak inflated at the beginning of the year when yeah. when sure this deal makes a ton of sense then. I mean, Max doesn't do this trade then. But I right. mean, even even without Zeke, um, is Michael Thomas even going to play at any point this year? Like we think <laughs> so, but we thought he was going to play. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just feels like there's something else going on with Michael Thomas other than, yeah, he had that ankle and then tweet. It, it feels like the Saints are just like, screw this guy. Like, we don't want him a part of yep. this anymore. That's what it feels like to me. And I mean, you, I would absolutely listen to an argument if you're saying, you know, it's Zeke and Michael Thomas. Like, so many people are saying sell while you can that these might just be buy lows right now. I totally get it if that's the position you want to take. Is it possible to even buy low when Christian McCaffrey is the guy you're giving away? I mean, I I think some of the arguments for McCaffrey, um, it, well, he's banged up, right? And we never want to assume that a guy is just going to come back and be 100%, um, you know, which I guess Brian is kind of doing with Michael Thomas. But, uh, you know, like I said, I guess the argument would be, Davis probably cuts into McCaffrey a little bit as the Panthers try to uh, keep him healthy. Um, it doesn't seem like they'll be in the playoff race. So there's a possibility of a split there. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I, I, the point I, I like is I like the, uh, the Michael Thomas uh, take there. There were some rumors that they were looking to kind of trade him maybe. Um, and, you know, they were playing pretty well without him. I think they're, five and two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that's an interesting point. And in terms of, can you really buy low when you're giving up Christian McCaffrey, Brian sure betting that you can. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good observation. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I, this feels like if you're a team in Brian's position who in all likelihood is in the playoffs. Right. I would have a hard time trading Christian McCaffrey for two guys that I'm not even, I mean, you're never a hundred percent sure with injuries that guys are going to be there. Right. But those seem like kind of decent odds that those guys, you don't even get those guys when, when it counts, you know? And I mean, Jarvis Landry is not just a throw in. I mean, he's, he hasn't been great this year, but OBJ has gone. Um, he's, you'd think he would be kind of a target hog for the rest of the year. He's probably like a legitimate, like low end wide receiver too, at this point, I would say right. more or less. Um, 
So that's not an insignificant part of the deal. I just, I, I don't know, man, if this is kind of a personal rule of mine, you know, this better than everyone trying to get Kyler every other day, but hey, when, man, I'll stop when you give them to me. <laughs> but when you have guys like that, yeah, I feel like it needs to be like a dollar 20 on the dollar to give them up. When you, when you have guys that, that are just so much further ahead of everyone else in their position group or, you know, in the top two or three, and then there's a huge drop off. Just for me personally, I need you to overpay a little bit for that. And I, and I feel like Brian underpaid just, just from the question marks. And this could make me sound really stupid. Michael Thomas could come back and, and, you know, be record setting Michael Thomas again, Mm -hmm. Zeke, you know, Zeke, could continue to be an RB one Jarvis Landry can be a wide receiver too. And I look dumb. I just, I would not feel comfortable doing this. I feel like uh, both teams really made kind of a gamble here. Um, A really aggressive gamble. uh, Because when I look at Max's team, for example, you look at Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, AJ Brown and Travis Kelsey. And you're like, you know, damn, like that, that's, you know, four, you know, like four first round picks next year. Right. And then you kind of look at the rest of his team and you're like, eh, it's not, it's not like the rest of his team is bad. It's not, but it's definitely, there's, there's, there's a possibility for an implosion here. And I think we've kind of seen an implosion from, you know, Tyler who kind of had the same strategy. Yeah, this, the and, studs and duds thing. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's a totally viable strategy, but it does require you to get lucky with health. Um, and really, I mean, just timing. Um, so I, 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 like, I understand what, what the idea here with Max is. And it's really tempting, uh, when you look at those four guys and you're like, I mean, like, like I said, damn, I've just got it. I just got it made. And you, you know, and it's not like the rest of his team is bad either. You, Corey Davis, uh, Jerry, Judy, Devonte Parker, Dallas Goddard. I yeah. Mean, he's got Corey, some- Corey Davis has been sneaky. Good. Right. I mean, like I said, it's so it's still a really good team. I just feel like this is a pretty significant risk for Max from that that perspective of we've already seen somebody try to build a super team and then it took one injury before everything kind of had to be completely reworked, right? Um, yeah, I, I think the difference is that Max has way more depth than Tyler yeah, I did. I mean, I Tyler Tyler went zero RB, right? Um, which is fine if if you <laughs> the point of zero RB is to not get zero points from your running backs. The point of zero RB <laughs> is to say, you know what? There's no more volatile position in sports and fantasy sports than running backs. I'm just not going to invest top dollar and I'm going to buy lottery tickets at the end. And if one hits, I'm golden. But right. I mean, Tyler, Tyler's issue was a Kittle's been hurt like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then B, you know, the Baltimore, backfield is just a disaster like it's it's just it's impossible to predict week to week it it makes almost all three of them unstartable other than in leagues like ours you know right that are super deep and I think that's the difference with Max I mean Fournette you know he's going to be you know weeks where he scores three (laughs) yeah there's going to be weeks where he scores 12 and he probably wins those weeks. Um, That's kind of the zero RB thing right it's like yeah yeah, maybe some weeks I only get two but other weeks I'll get 15 and then the rest of my team is going to get you know enough that it's it's at the end of the year it's going to be a a net positive so yeah i mean 
I mean, not not to you know dive too deep into Tyler's team, but you talk about Kittle got hurt now for the second time. He's only going to get what five games out of Kittle. Um, he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo too high. Uh, oh God, then, he's been so bad. Yeah, and now he's probably out for the year. Um, you know, he Madison is nice, but unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, depending on <laughs> what side you're on, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook didn't miss but what one game. So yeah, it's in theory, Tyler had Russell Wilson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and George Kittle, right? And you're like, that's probably that's a really good team to go uh, zero RB with. It just you know you do need to get something out of that position, and you need to stay healthy. Um, Max is in a better position to weather any kind of injuries that may come. Uh, and I, yeah, on top but, of that, I don't think it's out of the question that Mike Davis is still like a flex yeah. play. You know, yep, I mean, I agree. Just, I mean, the, the different things you, I mean, the Panthers have been so creative with the way they use uh, Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, I, I mean, I imagine, you know, they could split out McCaffrey a little bit, play him at receiver with Mike Davis still in. Like, I, I still yep, see absolutely um, Mike Davis being a little usable. So I, I think, you know, we rambled on this one, but I feel like this is a home run for Max. Um, especially with the way his team is set up. And then for Brian, man, it's just like, you're bolder than I. I. I would not have done this. I feel like I take risks, and I would not have done this. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think it has the potential to be I, – I would classify this trade for Brian as a old-school Joey Gallo trade. It's either going to be a home run or a massive swing and a miss, and there's really not going to be anything in between. Um. And, you know, for Max, like I said, I, I definitely see some risk here, but I think the payoff is going to be uh, – is going to outweigh the uh, the risk here for Max. So um, this is the type of trade that could determine who wins the league. I mean, both Max and Brian are in really good spots, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's definitely one of those trades that you circle and you go back to the end of the year and you're like, well, let's, let's see how this worked out for everybody. Yeah, I agree. All right. So uh, let's move on to a trade that you have said that you have a lot to say about. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just uh, mention the trade and then I'll let you go off. So uh, next up later that same evening, uh, we had another, you know, blockbuster trade um, where I acquired Josh Jacobs from Isaiah, AKA Russian bot in exchange for Melvin Gordon and Brandon Ayuk. So uh, TJ, the, the floor is yours. Oh man. Isaiah, you are killing me. I shit you not. Isaiah and I have probably talked about Josh Jacobs more than I would care to admit. Um, it's got to be like maybe every other day. It felt like it was every other day that, that Isaiah and I talked about Josh Jacobs. Um, the part that really, really, really kills me is, uh, you know, Isaiah's been struggling uh, with his quarterback situation, um, to no fault of his own, really. I mean, Dak goes down. Um, what do you do, really? Um, and Andy Dalton ain't it. But um, Isaiah actually texted me about a half hour before your deal went through, and he sent me a Josh Jacobs offer that I was going to accept. I said, um, yeah, send it on over. We got a deal. And then that little shit goes, 
Oh man, I just didn't realize Kyle Allen was on by this week. <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm like, I'm a little bummed. It is what it is. I get it. Um, so you know, I send out the text. You know, well, if there's any other, you know, anything else that we can do, let me know. And then next thing I know, your guys' deal goes through, and I was not a happy camper, <laughs> not one bit, Colby. Um. As far as this deal is concerned, you know, like I just, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with Melvin Gordon really. And it's crazy because it's really not even about really the DUI anymore at this point. Um, Cause it, it kind of feels like that's not really going to play out at all this year. Right. I just, I mean, now that Philip Lindsay's back, you kind of you kind of need him to score a touchdown to be anything more than like a flex. Sure, that's how I feel about it, and it's not like the Broncos' offense is the most aesthetically pleasing anyway. Um, and I mean, he does get Brandon Ayuk on top of it. Really fun player, um, but I don't know. I mean. I get it. it. Just felt like he was selling low on Josh Jacobs, who hasn't been great. You know, Josh Jacobs has been a guy, not unlike Melvin Gordon, where he kind of has to score a touchdown right now to be any good. Yeah, I would bet on that more so than I would bet on Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. I just would. I mean, it's John Gruden, it's the Raiders. They don't want Derek Carr, who's been pretty good. They don't want him throwing 35, 40 times a game. You know, they they want to play that old school, grind it out, bore you to death football. And Josh Jacobs is that guy. The only real question with Josh Jacobs coming into this year was, is he going to stay healthy? And are they going to utilize him in the passing game? The crazy thing is he has been healthy. They have used him way more in the passing game, and he hasn't been as good. And personally, I just feel like it's a matter of time. Um, even if it's not pretty, you know, you know the volume is going to be there. I just feel like I understand trading him. I understand being a little frustrated with him. Is Melvin Gordon the guy, though? I It wasn't for me. Um, but, you know, Isaiah likes him. It's a little weird that he wants to start Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. That just sounds like a headache to me. But it is what it is, you know. I mean, Isaiah's made some good deals. Who am I to doubt him? But I, I just didn't love it. And I was a little butthurt, but also I just, I didn't love it. Sure. Um, I guess the nice thing, Ayuk was going up against that tasty Seahawks secondary. Um, but I mean, never, n- never underestimate Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to just kill you, whether as the quarterback of your own team or as, you know, your fantasy wide receivers go. Um, there's a pretty good chance at some point Jimmy G will betray you. And, uh, you know, Ayuk did catch a touchdown, the garbage time touchdown, I believe the last one. Um, of course, that came from Mullins. Um, so it uh, doesn't really matter for, for – um, At least Ayuk got a quarterback upgrade. Yeah, he absolutely did. So, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, Jacobs was – I don't know if I want to call him a buy low, but kind of was. And it, like I said, it was interesting. Isaiah approached me. Um, and asked me about this deal and wanted to make sure, you know, that everything was going. And I, you know, Josh Jacobs, not a guy that I've really been actively shopping for. Um, 
So I hadn't really checked in. And then I looked at his numbers and th- there's definitely some concern there um, for his production. And then you, know, you, you dig in a little more and Jacobs is what he was really struggling with was yards after contact. Um, just not breaking as many tackles as he did last year. Uh, as you might imagine, I was pretty heavily invested in that uh, Cleveland versus Vegas game. So I got to watch Josh Jacobs uh, pretty much all Sunday morning. He got 31 carries. He was oh, I know, because I have because I have Derek Carr. I'm well aware that they just turned <laughs> around and handed it off all day. Right. And I mean, you look at the yards per attempt or yards per carry, uh, which is what I was getting at. Uh, not pretty, but I like I said, I watched that game and uh, Jacobs looked good. He looked physical, um, ran hard. He got stuffed at the goal line twice, which is always annoying. But what are you going to do? It happens sometimes. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I think Isaiah was looking for uh, starters, you know, like plural. Um, and he has, like I said, he has Lindsay. Some people view that as a positive. Some might view it as a negative, the headache uh, issue. But we'll see how it works out. But, uh, yeah, Jacobs, it's nice to see him play well enough in that, uh, in that awful weather game. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's certainly some – some risk there I think on both sides, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. So I'm sure you are. <laughs> hey man, come get him. Come get him. You know, my yard sale never ends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's pass. what I thought. I'll pass at this point. That's what I thought. Um, all right. So uh, next up um, we have a uh, kind of an interesting trade here that went down Saturday morning. Um, Brian trades. How do you pronounce his first name? Uh, which I thought. Which trade are we on? Uh, Ingram for Hasty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's why. Did I, I miss we, one? I thought you were. T- I thought you were asking me how to pronounce Mark Ingram's first name. Um, <laughs> no, I, I got that one. Uh, I think it's Jamichael. Jamichael. Okay. I could be sense. wrong, but I think it's Jamichael. So yeah, so running back swap here. Um, I I don't know. I was Ingram inactive and Tyler needed a running back to start. Is that how yeah, this so be? I mean we can save some time on this trade. Um base I mean basically what I look the way I looked at it, I think uh Ingram Ingram was out this last week. Yeah, 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 because Dobbins kinda went off. So Ingram was out, Tyler needed a running back, you know, um Hasty was kind of the guy coming into the week. I think Tevin Coleman ended up playing this week, I think, but um, uh, no Mostert. Um, so Hasty was kind of like, you know, the guy this week until Coleman was back. And it was, it was kind of a timing trade is kind of what I saw at no Ingram for this week. And then who knows the rest of the year with that backfield feels like just each of them get like eight carries every game. And then, Kind of an upside play with Hasty, you know. I mean, he's a Mike Shanahan running back. <laughs> you never know. Um, a decent matchup against the Seahawks and then Packers this week if if those running backs aren't back for them. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of get it. I think, you know, I kind of saw this deal and was like, what the hell? Who is this guy? Um, and then you kind of look at it more. And it's like I kind of think I'd rather roll the dice with Hasty's upside. You know what I mean? Just – yeah. Ingram is so blah at this point that why not? Why not? Why not bet on Shanahan at the very least? Right, and then 
uh, like you mentioned, Coleman played, but then he left the game with a knee injury. They didn't really use McKinnon for the second week in a row. Yeah. Or at least he was pretty invisible. So it's possible Hasty's kind of the guy right now in that run heavy offense. So uh, this could end up being a really nice trade um, for Tyler. Uh, for Brian, I guess it's, you know, a guy I scooped up off of waivers for a, you know, flex guy, pretty stable flex guy. Like I get it, um, but it's just yeah, kind of one well, of those things. It's, yeah, it's not like he broke the bank for him or anything. No, um, but it, it it'll be interesting to see too. You know, this week all the Niners, their entire wide receiver room is out. His uh, former former Ewu Eagle Kendrick Bourne came down with the Rona. Um, is he from Eastern Washington? He is. I did not know that. that him is and cool. Cooper, him and Cooper were teammates. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. They tore it up with uh, big play VA, Vernon Adams, if you remember, I remember him. Yes, he's tearing it up in the Canadian Football League. <laughs> there, we there we go. There we go. So, uh, yeah, I, I sure do. Yeah. Tore apart the Huskies. Yeah. Sure so, did. And then he, uh, he actually beat Oregon State, unlike, you know, UW. Yep. Just too much firepower for him. But, you, uh, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, I love VA, man. There we go. He was in for, the, for a uh, training camp with the Seahawks, like a rookie yeah. minicamp or whatever. Yep. Yep. He should still be on a practice squad. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did not know that. That's cool. All right. Best best Ewu receiver of all time, right there, Kendrick Bourne. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> um. So, uh, anything you want to add here, or should we uh, move on to our final trade? No, I mean just to sum it up, you know, upside for safety is kind of what I saw. Yep. You know, what pick your preference there, roll with it. And I think for a team in Brian's position, safety is probably very appealing. And for a team like Tyler, who's trying to make up some ground, upside's what you want. So yep. um, I think it makes sense. All right. So uh, final trade before we dive into a crazy waiver wire Wednesday. Um, this one went down on Sunday morning. So just before kickoff, about 45 minutes. Um, is it Sunday morning? Yeah, Sunday morning. Um, Russian bot Isaiah trades Tom Brady and Brian Hill to Casey for Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, and Ben DiNucci. Uh, so what did you think? Well, when this trade popped up, um, I kind of went, oh, shit, Derek made a deal. Because um, <laughs> I, I was just waiting for him to do something all week um, right. in our matchup. But it comes through. And, you know, to be completely honest, uh, Jake, Max, and I were having the time of our lives at it, at a some sketchy-ass <laughs> breakfast place over in Kennewick, just a little hungover. And, go. and this pops up, and you kind of see the names. And at first glance, it's like, yeah, sure, makes sense a little bit. And then kind of the more you look at it, and I texted the same thing to Isaiah. Um, it's like, it's not that I love the guys you got because, you know, I wouldn't really want Breeze. Right. Um, I wouldn't really want Gurley. Yep. But I feel like it's a deal that he had to do absolutely, 100%. Um, Tom's been great. Um, Gurley has been kind of – Touchdown. Really good, but of course he's been really good. He has eight touchdowns or something like that. 
Um, as a Matt Ryan owner, I'm well aware of Todd Gurley's touchdowns. Yeah, and I mean, Isaiah absolutely had to do this. Um, yeah. he, he needed to kind of fill out some of those roster spots a little bit um, mm-hmm. in his starting lineup. And, you know, it is a downgrade from Breeze to Brady, but, I mean, you're you're talking about like a middle – like a mid QB one for like a low QB one more or less. Does that sound about yep. right from Brady to breeze? And then albeit touchdown dependent, very touchdown dependent, but Todd Gurley's been like a top 10 running back this year. Um, yep. Does that continue? I don't know. Um, probably not, but I mean, at the very worst, he's a running back too, just because he gets a ton of, a ton of touches. Yeah. Um, as far as Casey's concerned, I'm not entirely sure why he did this. Um, I mean, he would probably say, well, I got Tom Brady and he's been really good. And that's fair. But you kind of look at his roster and the running back depth that he used to have is kind of gone now. Yeah. Derrick Henry's still a stud. Le'Veon Bell's like... A like true time share maybe guy. a flex, like in our yeah. league, a flex. And then AP is a flex, I guess. Mm. Like he, he's kind of getting phased out of that for DeAndre Swift a little bit, Fine. I feel like. Um, so those guys are fine as you're running back three and four, but when, when all of a sudden they're your two and three, it's kind of worrisome. <laughs> yeah. To me, you know, and I mean, is is the upgrade from Breeze to Brady that significant to where you're to where you're willing to sacrifice that? I don't think so. Um, not a deal I would have made if I was Casey. Absolutely a deal I make if I'm if I'm bought. Yeah, um, I know that you know everybody loves to to talk about how Cook Drew Breeze is and all that stuff. And, I mean, make no mistake, he's not the same guy he was even last year. Um, and as a guy who basically rode Drew Brees in the fantasy playoffs to a championship, I very much appreciate that we got to see, you know, Hall of Fame Drew Brees for like five weeks last year. Um, but while he's not that good, I mean, you look at his point totals, 18, 14, 29, 17, 21, 25, 23. Like, that's not bad. That's that's pretty. You throw out the one fourteen point game, and it's at least acceptable. Um, so I, I think Breeze, you know, well again, he's not the same guy he used to be. He's still to me, you know, top twelve ish quarterback, top eleven, uh, somewhere in there. And you know, Brady's been great, obviously, but that's why he didn't flip Breeze for Brady straight up, right? He got Todd Gurley, um, he got Ben DiNucci, which, ugh, I mean, oh man. Um, I guess he was at least competent, comparable to Carson Wentz, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's not the guy, uh, so much so that the Cowboys have gone out of their way to add guys to their, to their active roster just to start over him. Um, so it's, it's something I like Brian Hill and Ben DiNucci basically don't need to be a part of this deal. Uh, it's, it's really, it's breeze and, uh, girly for Brady and I would definitely make that trade if I was Isaiah. Um, like I said, like you said, Casey's running pretty fast and loose with the running backs now. Uh, 
you know, Le'Veon Bell is a really good name, but he hasn't exactly taken over that backfield. Um, well, Andy's like, not going to. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, he's just kind of a dude. And he hasn't been all that good there either. Um, so, you know, like, I know it's easy to look at and say, oh, well, he's leaving the Jets, so he'll be better. And, oh, my God, he's going to the Chiefs. It's like, yeah, but are we sure there's not a de- deterioration of skill with Le'Veon Bell? Because, I mean, it's 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 not looking great for him. Um, so, yeah, I think Casey takes a little too much risk here. I get it. The quarterback upgrade is tempting. But I think you also have to be you know weary of Brady holding up. And it's not like Brady's going to miss a game or anything like that, but the guy's what 43 years old. He's taking hits and he's had some clunkers too. You know, Brady's had the two 40 point bombs, but he's had a six point game. He's had a, you know, a 16 point game. So, I mean, it's not like Brady's not also capable of just, you know, sabotaging your fantasy week. So um, I agree pretty much with everything you said. I, I think this is a, really good move for bot. And while I get it from Casey's standpoint, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on that. That's just too rich for me. Yeah. And I think a couple other things, um, one's more interesting than anything. I feel like, um, it's interesting to me that Brian Hill and Todd Gurley, (laughs) they flipped those two. I mean, it seems kind of like if I'm trading for Todd Gurley and his arthritic knee, I'd sure as hell want to keep Brian Hill on my team. Um, you know, especially if the Falcons, you know, are three and three and ten, you know, by the by the time the fantasy playoffs come, who knows if it's even worth running Todd Gurley out there at that point. Um the next part being if I'm Casey, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's on the outside looking in at the playoffs right now. No, Casey had a really good uh He's had a really good two weeks, and he is now actually, believe it or not, he is in the third position. Okay. okay yeah, so wow. he is, again, a couple good weeks. But, yeah, for pretty much the entire season, Casey's been stuck in that 8-9 range. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I figured. But, yeah. I mean, point, point being, the playoff race is a clusterfuck right now. Oh, and God. I feel like if I'm kind of one of those teams that's not, like, solidly in, which I don't even know if anyone could say that they're solidly in right now. Um, nope. I would not be trading my quarterback as long as they're relatively close. That's already had their buy for a quarterback who's by is week 13. Yeah. I wouldn't love that. Um, I mean, yep. <laughs> could you imagine, you know, you're, you're ready to roll week 13. Hey, I got to win this week to get into the fantasy playoffs and, Oh, Tom Brady's on by. I don't have him this week. Perfect. I'm starting Nick Foles instead. Right. I don't love that. No. And I think, you know, um, it's not just even the playoffs. Like if Casey's feeling good about making the playoffs, it's like, well, what if you're fighting for that? One of those top two seats. Right. Right. You know, and while that's not a guarantee to win by any stretch, uh, it definitely helps. Um, So, yeah, it's, you know, bye weeks are kind of a thing right now. Uh, some teams can, you know, flirt with that a little bit more than others can. But you're right about the playoffs right now. There are, let's see here, 
let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams between nine and seven wins. So, I mean, that's that's over half the league. Almost what two thirds of the league are within one, just one good week away from making the playoffs or being in a playoff position, and one bad week away from falling out of it. Right. Uh, you know, like me, I've gone zero and two for the last uh, three weeks. You know, I was the number two seed. Uh, you know, three weeks ago. Now I'm on the outside looking in. That's just how things happen here. It, well, it's crazy. And I mean, after week three, I, I was yeah, I was in 14th place, and nine, I've gone nine and ten, nine and nine, nine and, and one. one. The last, yep. the last ten. I mean, it's just with the two week, with the two wins per week. I mean, it can change at yep. this the snap of a finger, really. Um, and Absolutely. to be completely honest, looking at this, I think everyone kind of has it has. A halfway decent shot. I mean, there's a couple that are long shots, I'd say, but yeah, I don't know. There's definitely you can definitely write a script for basically anybody at this point to uh, win. And the thing to remember, guys, is that it seems like we're you know way down the road here. There's still five weeks left of the regular season, so um, you know there that's ten wins up for grabs. And like I mentioned, there's what what I say nine teams that are within two games of the playoffs. It's insanity right now when you uh, when you look at the standings. Um, there's going to be some very good teams that aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, that's going to be crazy. So, Yours included. Maybe, man. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I I would seriously consider blowing somebody if I could get uh, my quarterbacks oh, to just wow. give me five touchdowns with fewer than two turnovers on the same. Just just all I want. Just can both of you guys get me you know a twenty five point week. Just once, oh, it's so frustrating. I well, I get when I, Matt Ryan plays well. Kirk Cousins gets me negative seven. It's like, well, come on, guys. You know, I, I know you're frustrated, Colby, but I don't want to hear you ever say that ever again. <laughs> I will uh, back you up on that. I, I don't want to ever say that again. So, um, it is just, oh, it, it's brutal out there, man. It really is. Especially since I really like my team, and it's just three weeks in a row, just nothing just headaches and disappointments <sighs> anyways um let's go let's let's talk about the waiver wire uh some really interesting names here i'm just going to kind of go down the list and um i guess we'll kind of you know bat these around a little bit um number one on the uh, the waiver wire report nick mullins uh gets claimed by steven who finally opened up the wallet a little bit here uh bid 23 dollars to secure mullins uh that was the uh or sorry, the second highest bid was Derek at 16, and you put in a $12 bid. Um, so what did you think about Mullins to Steven? Um, great. I mean, perfect timing for Steven. He has Wentz on by. Um, I think the Bills and Josh Allen have their by in the next couple of weeks too. Yep. Uh, perfect timing. You know, uh, selfishly, I wanted to pick him up to flip him. Um <laughs> But, Not that I had a shot at him, but that you was know, my goal. Yeah, I mean the thing with Mullins is he's gonna he's gonna produce in a Shanahan offense. I mean, it might not be every week, but he's gonna have games coming up where you know he's scoring twenty points. Um, and as as we've seen, I mean, any quarterback with a pulse is valuable in this league. 
Um, so whether he flips them to Tyler or Derek or whatever, um, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big time pickup at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just even start them for two weeks and then try and trade them at the deadline. Um, right. I, I was a little bit surprised that Derek wasn't more aggressive. Um, you kind of look at where Derek is in the standings and where his quarterback situation is. I mean, he's starting Sam Darnold, uh, Gardner Minshew might not get his job back. So it's going to be more than a one week thing there. And he has 82 fab. Uh, so, I mean, it's like, at, what are you saving it for? If not a guy, uh, I think he had the most fab in the league. Uh, unless my math's wrong here on Steven. Uh, nope. He, Derek had the most, so he could have secured him. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the same criticism I gave you and, uh, that worked out very well for you and Max. And now I guess Scott. Uh, so, you know, what do I know? But it just, it's one of those things where it feels like this is a shot here. This is kind of the Hail Mary you needed. And he came up short. And I know it's tough because we don't get to see what everybody else bids. But, I mean, if there was ever a time to, you know, overbid for anybody, uh, I think this was the week to do it for Derek. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, speaking to that, you know, um, I know you were on my ass about not getting Herbert and this and that. Um, the difference is I didn't bid $16 for Herbert, That's you true. know, yes. and like we're in week two at that point, we have a long ways to go in the season. Um, I bid like 80 something dollars on, oh, yeah. on Herbert. So, you know, it's like, I felt like I was going to get him at that point and I still wanted money left over for like the entirety of the season. For me right now, it feels like it's kind of, I don't want to say inexcusable because we don't know what's going to happen down the road, but I'm confused on only bidding $16 for Derek. I mean, we're, he's at the point now where there's only like two or three guys who even have like considerable amounts of fat, you know? I mean, he could have put, he could have put in 40 and still had the most fab in the league by the end of this. Mm-hmm. And and not only the most fab in the league, but we're at the point where the bidding numbers are way smaller because half the league is at like zero to five fab left. Yep. So you, you don't just have these huge bidding numbers anymore. It was just weird to me that Derek wasn't more aggressive when, um, I mean, the, the only quarterback he can really count on the rest of the year is probably Watson, you know? Um, Sam Darnold's getting like tight end numbers. Um, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Minshew. They kind of seem like the Jags just want to go all in on this tank, which I don't think is a bad idea. You know, Fitzpatrick, he ain't playing again unless Tua gets hurt. So it just, it just seemed like the fantasy guys lobbed one up for Derek and he didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we'll move on here. Uh, next highest bid player was actually also went to Steven, uh, Jordan Reed with the news that, uh, you know, George Kittle's probably out for the year and has shallow as tight ends are, um, you know, Reed might not be back this week. It's a short week. So probably next week is when we see him, but Steven went ahead and put in a $17 bid. Once again, you were second, uh, with an $8 bid and then, um, bot and I tied with $5 bids. 
eight teams put in uh, eight. Yeah, eight managers put in a uh, bid on Reed, but uh, he goes to Steven. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, solid pickup. I mean, you saw early in the year when Kittle was out, Reed had, you know, Reed had one huge game and then the all beat against I've the Jets. The tight end all year. Um, yeah, seriously. He might. I'll be curious to see what your tight ends have scored combined this year versus what Jordan Reed did for you in week two. Uh, I'm willing to bet <laughs> that Jordan Reed in the week two matchup has scored, I'm going to say, 75% of my point total um, from the tight end positions. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really wouldn't be surprised, but. Um, I I mean, I mean, with Kittle out in a Shanahan offense, Mm -hmm. um, the receivers are a mess right now. Oh my God. Um, uh, I mean, home run pickup, I feel like two home runs for Steven. Yep. At two of the more shallow positions, um, in our game. Uh, again, I kind of felt like there were a few other teams that, and again, eight bids, right? So, I mean, it's not like he went unnoticed or anything, but I felt like there were more teams that probably should have been all in if i had more money i would have basically been all in on reed i put everything i had uh which is only a lincoln so it it, i knew it wasn't going to be he wasn't going to be mine so uh yeah i just feel like there were probably more teams i don't understand why Derek didn't go get him again starting like ian thomas and like nick boyle at tight end or something like that um Um, let's see i have it right here uh actually even better kyle rudolph mm. and ian thomas this week so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it feels like Derek could have upgraded two spots on his roster and still had like half of his fab left. Yeah. I mean, if he just bid $1 more than Steven, and again, we know he doesn't know what Steven bid, but if he just bids $1 more on each of them, that's 42 fab dollars and, or uh, yeah, 42 fab dollars. And uh, Derek at that point would have still had, 40 fab left, which would have been uh, second most to Steven. So, yeah. Just, I mean, I just, so at this goes. point. Yeah. <laughs> nice Matt callback. Very nice. Um, anyways, that one's for you, Maddie. Uh, let's go. Let's move on to uh, another player uh, who had a couple high bids. And once again, Steven right there near the top. Unfortunately, Jordan Wilkins goes to Casey for just $1 more uh, than anyone else. Casey bids $14 on him. Uh, Steven bids 13. Jake bid five. I bid three. So uh, Wilkins kind of got the start and he was kind of the guy uh, this last week. It came out that Jonathan Taylor was hurt and that's why we didn't see him much. Um, so yeah, this kind of feels like a really good lottery ticket to take because there's a possibility Wilkins might be the starter, at least for a little while. Yeah. I mean, we're, He's kind of like that post-hype sleeper kind of guy, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Just kind of a lot of people liked him. He showed some good stuff early in his career, and then just kind of injuries down on the depth chart, a lot of running back depth there. Um, I'm surprised Matt didn't yeah. put in a bid. Um, to be fair, Matt might have been you know sleeping one off, living high in Portland, um, as you know as Matt's you know, tends to do. Sure. Uh, sure. What's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, just real quick. Um, Matt has 13 fab left. So I'm wondering if Casey saw that. Yeah. 
and that's specifically why he bid 14. Yeah, um, could be. Yeah, but I, I always find that interesting when you mentioned, you know, this guy should have done this, and you go, okay, well, could he have afforded him? And you look, and you're like, oh, that bid was $1 higher than he could have afforded. Yeah. So, and I wonder, I, it's just weird to me that he didn't put one in at all. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. saying he had to get him or whatever, but. Right. Right. I agree. So um, anything else you want to add on Wilkins? Just kind of a, I think, just good, solid pickup. No, yeah. In case he still has plenty of fab left, so be aggressive. Um, all right, so next up, we're kind of getting down to the guys who aren't super relevant, let's say, or at least yeah, whatever. Uh, Tyler Irvin went for $5 to bot. Uh, Jake was the only other one to put in a bid on him at $0. Anything you want to talk about with Irvin? No, I mean, if, you know, he might have value this week outside of that, probably not. So, I mean, if you need a starter this week, five bucks, sure. Why not? Yeah, uh, I agree. I I think, you know, the, the idea here that San Francisco is really banged up, uh, while it carries some merit, they're still incredibly good against the run. Uh, so, if, you know, if a Green Bay Packer is going to blow up in this game, it's probably going to be Adams. Um probably Adams because I'm playing Matt this week. So uh, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Got to love it. But uh, yeah, I'm, like you said, if, if it's a one week pickup, yeah, why not? So hold up real quick, Matt, Matt, he, are we even a hundred percent sure he's in Portland? I think he might just be <laughs> ducking you on, on commission week here. I think he yeah. didn't want to face you. I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting because he's projected Suspect. to win. And I've, I got some bye week issues, um, but no, we actually talked about that last week. I think after we logged off, uh, after we stopped recording, um, I noticed that we were playing each other, and he at least gave the appearance that he was bummed that he couldn't do it on the podcast. And yeah. oh, I'm we sure talked about did. yeah, we talked about you know maybe doing the phone call thing and all that, but you guys heard the one we did on our phone on our phones, and it was just awful. So um, yeah, you know I. I guess I probably took it easy on him, but, uh, you know, go ahead and respond, Matt, if you're, you know, <laughs> even brave enough to listen to this. But, uh, yeah, commission week, um, kind of an important week for both of us. I would love to stop the bleeding and just get one freaking win, even if it's Matt's win, a Matt win. I, I will gladly take it at this point. <laughs> Ugh, it's been a rough month, dude. Anyways, um, so next up we have Scott picking up Jacoby Myers for $3.00. Uh, only other person that put a bid on him was me for $1. Anything you want to say? Um, I mean, Edelman's out, so, you know, there's a, path, there's a path to some targets, but I wouldn't I feel too good if I week. ever had to start a Patriots yeah. offensive <laughs> weapon right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, 10 targets last week, and I put in a bid for a reason that I will talk about here in just a minute. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, Garza go ahead, goes ahead and puts in a $2 bid on Ross Dwelly. Um, Jake was the only other one that bid actual fab. He put in a dollar. You and I both put in $0 bids. So um, why'd you bid on Dwelly? Uh, well, first off, never in my life did I think I'd ever see four bids on Ross Dwelly. But here <laughs> we are. Tight ends, um, man. I mean, it just like it is what it is with – I mean, Kittle's probably out for the year – Jordan Reed has had tons of injuries. I mean, it was just a shot that, you know, maybe I get a tight end that can, that I can start, but I mean, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. I really don't have anything to add. Um, yeah. Next up, uh, Derek, Derek cracked open the wallet, but really just his, uh, his change purse here. Um, he bids $1 to get Kyle Rudolph. Nobody else bid on him. I mean, do we need to say anything else? No, we can just run through these here. All right. Um, I put in, I won Braxton Berrios for a dollar. Uh, the only reason I bid on Berrios is that I'm kind of in a situation where I really need to use Jamison Crowder uh, this week, uh, but he plays on Monday Night Football. He's not 100% sure that he's going to play, and I just wanted to make sure that I had a guy who I could throw in there uh, for Monday Night Football, which is also why I put a bid in on Myers. Um, not a great place to be in, but, uh, you know, last week uh, Barrios had 11 targets. Here's a, fun, here's a fun stat line. 11 targets, 8 catches, 34 yards. So, so, yeah, Sam Darnold's just so bad. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then uh, the week before when uh, Crowder also didn't play, he had seven targets. So I'm just kind of hoping that one of those targets ends up as a touchdown, and that's why I bet a dollar. I mean, there's really no deeper strategy than that. Um, Tyler bids zero for C.J. Beathard. I mean, next might as well. Yeah. Uh, Brian... Uh, Brian bids zero and gets Jordan uh, Jordan Akins. Dropped Albert O. Yeah, uh, caught a touchdown, but that was his only target. Uh, yeah. Had a very nice game. What was it? Two weeks. For, it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. We'll see if anybody puts a claim in on him tonight. Um, such a wasteland, you know. Somebody might. Um, Russian bot puts in zero for Tyler Eifert. Uh, Tyler puts in a $0 bid for Philip Walker. And then bot puts in a $0 bid for new Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback, Garrett Gilbert. So, uh, anything there that's worth mentioning to you? I mean, they're, they're just dart throws, some interesting ones. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's just shuffling. Yep. Yep. So there we go. That took us almost an hour, but we do have a little bit of time left, about 10 minutes. So um, you want to stick around for a little bit? We can talk a little Seahawks. Let's do it. All right. So, um, well, I don't know. What do you, what do you want to talk about, you know, regarding the Seahawks? Six um, and one. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that was the most comfortable I think I've been watching a Seahawks game in a while. <laughs> um, you know, it's good to see signs of life from the defense, man. Um, finally getting Alton Robinson, some more snaps. I love that. He yep. looks pretty good. Um, looks like Jordan Brooks is kind of acclimating himself. Um, I'll tell you what moving kind of sneaky underrated move, but moving KJ to that strong side linebacker yeah. and Jordan Brooks, a weak side, I feel like, it kind of takes KJ out of space a little bit um, and, you know, just lets Jordan Brooks run. I, I feel like that hasn't been talked about a ton, but I just – it fits their skill sets at this point in their careers a little bit. Um, right. So love that. Um, and, you know, on top of it, it sounds like Jamal's probably going to be back this week, knock yep. on wood. Um, that'll be fun. Today. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing Dunlap, man. It it feels like they're maybe starting to turn a corner to where they can be like a middle of the road 
defense, which is all they need to be. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll finally get to see snacks. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, the interior defensive line really hasn't been an issue. Uh, you know, Reed, I still don't think he's worth that contract they gave him. Um, had, what, one dominant game against the Vikings, and then he's just kind of been fine. Um, yeah. You know, Puna and Monet have both been good. So I, I don't think Snacks is, like, is going to help as much as some people seem to think he will, but he's still, you know, a decent rotation guy. Um yeah, like you mentioned, Dunlap is really great. That's going to be great to see him. Uh, you know, I, I thought, I thought uh, Sullivan, right? Uh, I thought he actually he made one play, and uh, it was his first play. First yeah, snap. yeah, tackle for loss. I mean, it, it was. Uh, it's it's crazy that that's where the Seahawks are, but you know, Dunlap coming in, um, Alton Robinson kind of finding his groove and finally getting playing time, almost by necessity, but whatever. Sometimes that's what it takes. I think Mayo has actually played pretty well. I mean, nothing spectacular, but just solid. Um, and then, of course, you have to love the blitzing, uh, particularly yeah. of Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, it just—it seems to me like Wagner is no longer that guy. Who, I mean, you remember very early in his career, he was—he can play backwards, he can play forward. It just kind of feels to me that Bobby's lost a step, and so he's just that much better just moving forward instead of just you know sitting back in, in coverage, um, because. I, I mean, you know, you, you you tend to get crucified when you say things like this, but Bobby hasn't been worth $18 million the last, or for most of the last two years, really. Um, he's still I, really yeah, good player. No, I don't think that's outlandish at all. I was actually talking to Max this weekend, and it's like, Bobby hasn't been Bobby. You know, I mean, he's still a, he's still a good player, but... Um, when you give a guy, especially that's not like a super high value position, yeah, um, like a you know like a record setting contractor, like he's the guy that like sets the next bar for everyone. You want him to be like transcendent in his position, which Bobby was at the time of the contract. But he's kind of right. just been, you know, like yeah, he's a good middle linebacker, um, had some flashes, you know, but. Uh, he was an ass kicker on Sunday. It was a lot of fun to watch him. Um, he he was pretty incredible. So more of that, more of that would be would be welcomed. Yeah, we'll see if they let him uh, just kind of you know pin his ears back and uh, get after the quarterback a little more. I mean, they still need him to to do his coverage thing a little bit here, but uh, it was just the difference was night and day when you just see him moving forward versus moving backwards. Um, you know, it's it kind of makes me wonder with the salary cap shrinking next year. Uh, we've seen good things from Jordan Brooks, and while I think you want to keep him at weak side linebacker, I think he's capable of playing that that Mike spot. Yeah. Um, that eighteen million is kind of a heavy cost, and Seattle's in pretty good shape cap wise. I mean, even with even if they keep Dunlap at his full salary, they're still going to be at like nineteen million dollars under the cap. Um, so they're in pretty good shape there, uh, but. I mean, I, I think there's a possibility that I would rather end up paying Dunlap than Bobby next year. Um, and a lot can change. You know, Dunlap doesn't uh, hold, play well. Hold up. <laughs> what? I, I don't know, man. I Not mean, feeling that? listen, Carlos Dunlap is a nice player. Um, 
Right. It's about positional value, not, no, not necessarily. Yeah, the... I get it. And I, <laughs> I feel like you might be saying that from a skewed perspective since we have seen absolute dog shit line up on the defensive line all year. That's true. That um, is very good. That is a very good point. But I mean, Bobby, like he's still, he's still Bobby. I mean, it might not be every week. He just dominates the game, but it's still, you know, is, is he worth $18 million? Um, I mean, it's tough to say without, you know, like other contract numbers in front of me. When, right. when he's, when he signed that deal, I was kind of like, it just feels like, you know, here go the Seahawks, you know, paying, giving that third contract out to, you know, the face of their right. defense again, it was cam last time it was Earl, this and that. And it just, as hard as it is, like you see what the Patriots do and they, they say, see ya, you know? Um, yeah. we'll spend I mean, our money elsewhere and not saying they should have done that, but when they right. signed that contract, it was kind of like, Ooh, that's a lot. He's getting old. Um, yeah. I mean, what he's 31. Yeah. And, and, a, and I mean, you could just, you could just tell he just doesn't run. like. Oh, he he's, he's definitely lost a step at least. Um, I don't know. Uh, like I said, part of me is just like, like it, you talk about like difficult decisions if a team comes calling and offers a second round pick for Bobby Wagner, probably say no, because you're probably a Super Bowl contender still. But if a team comes and offers a first, uh, I mean, I, I think I would take a second from, yeah, a, from I, a roster. But I mean, you just draft Jordan Brooks. Yeah. Like he's a, he's an off ball linebacker that doesn't rush the passer. Like what really is the value? You know, they traded all those picks for Jamal Adams. I mean, shit play, play Jamal Adams at weak side linebacker if you need to. Um, I mean, but, I, I think, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, do you think the difference at middle linebacker between a uh, healthy Michael Kendricks and Bobby Wagner is worth $18 million? Because Kendricks out on the streets, and it's not so, it's not actually Kendricks versus Wagner. It's Kendricks at the minimum, basically, plus whatever you spend the $18 million on. Yeah. So, no, it's an interesting question from a, from a roster building standpoint. Right. I think, I think if his name isn't Bobby Wagner, that's probably like a no-brainer. <laughs> you know, yeah. you you take you, you take the replacement level guy and the the eighteen million a year. But I right. don't know, man. That's why that's why I'm not a general manager. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's definitely things like you know uh, locker room stuff and in leadership that uh, we can't so easily factor in as much as we think we probably can. Um, we just we're not privy to that information. Um, so before we go, I, I didn't mean to turn that into a, a Bobby, you know, slam session, especially after you played so well. Um, but before we log off here, what do you think about this weekend? Um, you know, it's interesting. The bills, um, Josh Allen's kind of come back down to earth, um, to, to Maddie G's delight. <laughs> um, they still kind of scare me offensively. I mean, probably no Shaquille Griffin, which <laughs> call me crazy, but I don't love Trey Flowers having to cover one of Stefan Diggs or John Brown all night. Um, you know, they, they have some weapons. Um, oddly enough, their defense hasn't been very good, which is yep bizarre. Um, I mean, this, this feels to me like a game the Seahawks win, you know, like 34 to like, you know, 30 when 
they control the game most of the way, and it just kind of gets a little <laughs> unnerving at the end with their sure. classic Seahawks with their prevent. But it, it feels like it's a game they're up, you know, thirty-four to twenty with six minutes left, and then all of a sudden it's thirty-four to thirty before you even realize what's going on, right. um, and just more stressful than it needs to be. That's my prediction. Yeah, um, I would tend to agree. I, I think you, you told me the over-under before we started. It was, would you say, 55 and a half? Uh, 55, even. Yeah, that seems, or I guess it would have to, that seems like a clear over to me. Um, yeah. Which makes me wonder, you know, what Vegas knows. Because um, that, that just seems like too easy of a bet. Um, yeah, you know, the nice thing about going into Buffalo on this particular weekend is we know that Russ kind of struggles in the rain and the wet and the wind. The uh, the forecast for Buffalo this Sunday is supposed to be like 68 and sunny with seven mile per hour breezes. Boom. Like it's not Buffalo weather. There we um, go. So I mean that that definitely is a huge advantage to Seattle. Um, or well, you know what I'm saying. So uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you know Seattle's defense is going to do what they do. They're going to give up a bunch of yards, uh, but they're probably going to you know pick off. Josh Allen or force a fumble two or three times just enough uh, to kind of turn the the game in their in their favor. I think it's going to be a very Seattle Seahawks or 2020 Seahawks type of win, like you mentioned, where there it's like, I don't know, it's like 30 to 16 or whatever. And then next thing you know, it's 30 to 27. And then Seattle scores a late touchdown to kind of put it out of reach. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's let Russell win you this game. Uh, I mean, you got to give them credit. They did not. They did not stick to the run uh, last week with all their running backs out. They really did let Russell just kind of. I mean, it was a little bit more than game manage, but wasn't a whole lot more. I mean, you know, Russell didn't take a ton of deep shots or anything like that. So it was um, a lot of where's DK Metcalf at? Okay, yeah. sounds good. It, I mean, it was it was one of those weird games where Russell threw for like 260 yards or whatever but he did it on like 37 attempts instead of his normal 26. Yeah. You know, it wasn't efficient in terms of yards per attempt, but it was just, it was just a solid performance and it was very efficient in touchdowns per attempt. But uh, yeah, I just, I feel kind of feel like, um, you know, this whole idea or this whole fear that Pete's going to go back to, you know, Pete Carroll football. I I think, you know, halfway through the year, we can kind of laugh at that notion at this point. Um, just let Russell win it for you. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. Um, but it's going to be a tough game, man. It really is. I could see it going either way. All right. So uh, I think that's going to put a bow on this podcast. Uh, TJ, you have anything you want to say before we officially wrap this up? No, man. I, I enjoyed myself. Hopefully it was a halfway decent listen. Like I said, I know I'm not Matty G, but you know what? My boy, my boy Colby had to go to the bullpen. So here I am. That's right, man. And hey, you know, sometimes you go to the bullpen, you have to take out, you know, prime Felix Hernandez and go get, uh, I mean, Joe Bimel out of the bullpen. But sometimes you take Erasmo Ramirez out of the game and you go to, you know, 2014 JJ puts or whatever. I was thinking, I was thinking prime Edwin Diaz. There you go. There you go. It's 2018. We we just took, um, Andrew Albers out of the game. There we go. And we're headed to Edwin Diaz time. So, uh, I like Thanks. I like where your head's at right now, Colby. There you go. There you go. So I was trying to get there. I just didn't think of the names uh, <laughs> quick enough. 
can't believe I went to JJ puts before I went to Edwin Diaz. It's only Wednesday. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I hope you guys uh, enjoy this podcast. I hope it was a distraction if you needed it. Um, hopefully we start to return to some semblance of normalcy. Um, you know, in, you know, as normal as 2020 can be at least. Uh, so hopefully that that's coming here in the next couple of days. I would love to, to sit back on Sunday and just kind of watch football and not think about anything else for a while. And, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks you guys so much for listening and, uh, we will talk to you next week. Maybe Matt will be back. Maybe we traded Matt for some toner and, uh, TJ takes over that spot. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, peace out guys. Shout out six gods. <laughs>